The Priestess and the Cauldron, a podcast featuring Elvira Love and Phoenix Le Fay, two out-of-the-room-closet professional witches with over 70 years' combined experience of making magic. This is a show on the LMC Radio Network. During each show, Elvira and Phoenix will help you create rituals, make spells, make potions, and much more besides. They'll spend time speaking about different goddesses from all over the world, paying attention to the ancient reverence of long-ago cultures and infusing it with a modern perspective. Elvira, Phoenix, take it away. Wow. (laughs) Do you know how strange this is to be sitting here doing this after, as we just made a point, a month and a half? Yeah, it's been a while. It has been. It has been. Yeah, since we both went away and traveled a bit. True. And we had some pre-recorded episodes, so it may not feel like we've been gone that long. But for us, but for it, us. <laughs> it feels like a long yeah. time. Yeah. 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 So, obviously, my question of the, the, the show is, what was your week like? What was your time away like? It, well, Elvira, hey. Um, gosh, where do I even start? So, first, let's see, the first part of my travels, mm-hmm. I was in California Witch Camp, where I was part of the teaching team. Uh, and so there are witch camps that happen all over the world. Uh-huh. Um, they're connected to the reclaiming tradition uh-huh. of witchcraft. Uh-huh. And they are, depending on the witch camp, they range anywhere from three days to seven days. And it's an intensive. So you go to the camp, you are immersed, there's no coming and going, your lodging is there, your food is there, all the things are uh-huh. there. And so it's a community experience, it's an immersive experience. Uh-huh. And the camps tend to choose a myth or story. Uh-huh. And during the week or three days that you're there, you work through that story uh, as a framework for spiritual work, self-reflection, and all of those other fun things. Uh-huh. You know. Yeah, that's Hagen shit. Yeah. Um, so at California Witch Camp this year, the myth we worked with was the Minotaur and Ariadne. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of labyrinth work and exploring the monsters that we lock away and um, the subversive act that Ariadne makes by giving Theseus, the hero, this this uh, key to getting out of, mm-hmm. the, of the maze. And, mm-hmm. um, so when you teach at California Witch Camp anyway, you have three days before camp where the teaching team meets and plans all of the rituals that will happen that week. Mm-hmm. So you immerse into the magic three days before all of the participants. And it, I think it's my favorite thing to do ever. <laughs> I love it so much. I love it so much, and it's so fulfilling and magical and beautiful. And um, there are ten folks on the team, and I just had a, a great experience. And I taught with a wonderful witch from the East Coast whose name is Amaret. Mm-hmm. Um, she's in the Pittsburgh area, and she does a lot of teaching in the reclaiming tradition. And we taught a path together every morning, and then the ten of us every night would hold these, lead these rituals. Mm-hmm. Everyone did them together. There's mm-hmm. like 120 people at California. Wow. So it was amazing. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. And then I got home and had four days of rushing to get things taken care of and write checks and make a few orders and clean the house and then get really ill. Oh, dear. To the point where I wasn't sure I was going to be able to go to my second witch camp. Oh, gosh. 
and then the, so we get home from California camp on Sunday, and on Friday I was on a plane to Washington, D.C. Oh, my. Where I had a day of sightseeing because mm-hmm. we were there a little early. Tip, travel tip. Flying on Friday is cheaper than flying on Saturday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, definitely. I like that. So uh, my partner, Gwian, and I did some sightseeing with a, a lovely witch who hosted us in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. She took us around and saw some sights. And then Spiral Heart Witch Camp, which happens in eastern Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. started that Monday. <laughs> and and that system is a little bit different. Um, they don't the, the the teaching team they teach paths during the day, but they don't have to plan all the rituals at night. Mm-hmm. So I taught a path again with Amaret because who I was supposed to teach with had an emergency and couldn't leave at the last. Oh minute. my, that was very coincidental. Yeah, so Amaret stepped in at the last minute, and mm-hmm. we did our our uh, workshop together a second time, and it was mm-hmm. amazing and beautiful, and I'm constantly inspired by witches who bring it and are willing to look at their shadow and Mm -hmm. face their fears and it was beautiful and the story that spiral heart had chosen to work with was the tale of tamlin which is a fairy tale Mm -hmm. from scotland Mm -hmm. so you know the fae phoenix le fae is my Uh name (laughs) i have a i have a relationship so that was amazing and i Uh saw fireflies for the first time in my life aren't they adorable freaking amazing i know they are the fae yep and it was humid. I'm a spoiled Northern California girl. I freaking hated that part of it. <laughs> and and having barometric shifts in temperature where you can feel th- the shift and then it starts raining, it's amazing. It doesn't oh, yeah. happen like that in California. No, it doesn't. It's not like that at all. <laughs> so that was fascinating. Mm. Um, and I had a great experience, and I met lots of lovely witches on the East Coast, and I um, did some scheming for future things mm-hmm. for there. And, mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, it was lovely. And then I got back and was very overpeopled and had to hide in my hermit cave. I understand <laughs> that feeling. Yes. Talk to anybody. Yeah. Because I'm an introvert, really, when it comes right down to it. <laughs> uh, and this week, my very long, I'm looking at my calendar like that's going to help me. Oh, I had a, my goddess gathering last night. We were mm-hmm. goddess Pele. Mm-hmm. And I have a bridal shower tomorrow for my soon-to-be daughter-in-law. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm feeling amazingly blessed, amazingly lucky with the work I get to do in the world, mm-hmm. and amazingly tired. <laughs> <laughs> I like all three. And how are you? How are your adventures in the world? Oh, my adventures in the world. Well, obviously, I went back to see family. So I was out of this area in the south. Not the far south, but south enough to experience, as you say, the humidity. So the south. The south. It counts. It counts. And Arkansas is definitely the south, but it's up towards Missouri's border. It's in corporate headquarter area of Walmart. Mm -hmm. And it was fascinating, first of all, because it rained. It's wet. It's humid. It got hot. It, you know, as you say, you can feel the change. Yeah, it's a trip. It is really interesting. I actually, and I know this is weird because I'm a California girl, both southern and northern, I actually am enjoying the humidity. I uh. that's strange, weird. <laughs> it was very weird. I would go out and I would go, oh, yeah, uh, and then all of a sudden my body would go, Shake it off, girl. It's okay. You know, and obviously you spend a lot of time in air-conditioned environments, whether it's houses or, you know, locations or cars or whatever it is. But um, 
and I worked. I worked uh, basically just the mornings of the weekdays when I was there because my daughter worked, and um, so I wasn't around the family type stuff. But I was, you know, eventually we get to go out to lunch. She started a new job, so I actually, she says, Mom, Mom, I have an hour lunch. And it was like she's worked in fast food restaurants, so they don't do lunches. Even when they're required to do lunches, they're standing there. They're not even lunches. And so it was real fun to, to go out to lunch with her. And then I had the most incredible experience because they have Walt, the, the, Walt, the people that have Walmart, um, have done a lot for the community. So even though there are things about practices, et cetera, there is a lot they do for community. And they have put in this incredible museum, art museum, that has been state-of-the-art and beyond in terms of the way it was designed. It's called Crystal Bridges. You can get on and look at it. It's fabulous. The guy who designed it is an internationally famous uh, architect, and he is Israeli, and he does these incredible things with designs. And then they've got their standard uh, art exhibits, and it's free. You park free. You go in free. And it's just like they really want you to experience that. Well, then they also have special ones that they have special exhibits on, and one of them was Chihuly. Chihuly is a glass blower uh-huh. based out of Tacoma, Washington. Uh-huh. And he does these incredibly huge, gorgeous glass-blown bowls and vases and chandeliers and outside installations. And so they had both an inside and outside um, process, and you pay for it and you go. I was so inspired. It was just, I, I went, he, he looks at the Native American blankets and he does all of these things in Native American blanket uh, patterning in his, his glass blowing. And I was just like, I went through there going, oh, my God, oh, my God. And then, of course, they go outside. And, of course, you're walking and you're in humidity. Sure. So you need to make sure you have your water. <laughs> and they have 45 acres of land that this whole thing is on. And so you walk through that. And then I came back and I found out that they had bought and disassembled a Frank Lloyd Wright home that they were going to reconstruct on the property. So they had it up. And so the next day, so I went one day to the general exhibit, one day to the Chihuly exhibit, and then I came back for the the Frank Lloyd Wright exhibit where you walk through the house. Right. And it was based on, it was in New Jersey, and it was built for a family. You want to know how much they paid? $20,000. Wow. I mean, well. You figure back then it was all you could afford, but, you know, um, and I was stunned. I was just, like, amazed. And then I chose to walk because at that point I was walking up to the high um, parking lot. They have a trolley that you Mm. can take. But I walked, and I met this really neat guy when I took a little sidewalk uh, thing. He's a security guard, and he was from Southern California, actually from El Salvador, and he came up here, and then he was. we talked about Southern Cal, and then we wound up talking about all kinds of things. This man was amazing. He was he was a man who was married. He came to Rogers, um, which is a little suburb there, with uh, to be with his brother, and he just started his whole life, met his wife, had six kids, you know, all this. He's oh. talking about ecology, environmentalism, the pollution of population. I'm And I'm standing there, and I'm dripping, dripping. It's going down <laughs> my legs. It's going down my um, between my breasts, I'm like so sopping wet, and I was just having this great time, and then I walked all the way back up. But it was inspiring to the point that when I go visit, I want to start volunteering there. 
Nice. That was just, you know, but it was more about just something other than what I'm used to. Yeah. And I got to talk to people. I was there talking to some lady who has this used bookstore in this little town called Rogers, and she's an elderly woman, and she's on the planning committee, and she was very upset with the way things are going. She says, it's our time is over. It's the young people's time, and we've got to think of what they want. And so there's these different schools that they're putting money into, like we have here Ridgeway for the people that have a hard time going through the high schools, traditional, and, high, traditional high, schools. high schools, and a whole one that's all designed for art and theater, mm-hmm. somewhat like what we have at ArtQuest, the Santa Rosa one. Right. And um, she, her bookstore is Trolley Car Used Books. Mm-hmm. She loves San Francisco area. She's visited with her husband. And she and her husband and his, their two best friends went, and they had to go to John Ash and Company and have dinner because the, the guy, is local restaurant. which is a local restaurant, right. and it's because the husband of her friend is named John Ash. Oh, how weird. And I was just, I was taken by... All kinds of synchronicities. Synchronicities of just interesting people. Yeah. But that was my time. And, of course, the flight there and the flight back was, you know, standard flight stuff. Yeah. You know, nothing to write home about. Yeah. So it wasn't bad. I didn't, you know, I flew United, so they didn't throw me off. Well, that's good. No yeah. bloody noses or... No, you didn't get beat up or anything. No, I didn't get beat up. No, we flew southwest. So there you go. So, but that was it. Extra fifteen bucks, so I could be in the (laughs) egg. Well, I was okay with the other one because actually, by their their one flight, I could actually lay down. It was because I left way early in the morning. It was fancy. Yeah, so I could just lay down. But got back, and obviously, in the meantime, the Missionary Independent Spiritual Church had right. burned down. Right, which I have just really started to wrap my head around. That I know. Crazy. I know. And so that, of course, was um, difficult mm-hmm. uh, to walk back on the Lucky Mojo premises and find that it was a burned shell. Yeah. And, um, of course, all that, that took place, and then just getting back into the routine here yeah so but that's been it yeah so my adventure was a little more down home and in the south nice yeah and i didn't start talking with a southern accent <laughs> so at least that much i can say i you know i have an ear for for yeah. dialects and sometimes it's just easy you just pick it up you pick it up sure. but i don't feel comfortable especially down there starting to do that because you don't they i don't want them to think i'm mimicking them sure you know, it's like honoring. Yeah. So, but but here we are at, you know, this wonderful time frame, Ask a Witch, kind Yay. of a, a, a get back in the scheme of things here. Yeah. Our Ask a Witch segment, which we will continue to do. Mm-hmm. So if you are listening and think, I have a question I want Elvira and Phoenix to answer, or if you want us to do a reading for you, um, consult the tarot. We are both professional readers. Any of these things are possible. We're going to do the Ask a Witch segment probably once every other month. Yeah. So once so we quarter. can collect a lot of good questions. Yeah. 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 So go to our website, which is witchpriestesscauldron.com. Yes. And there is a page where you can put in your question, your name, your email, and the thing you want us to banter about. Which we do good bantering. <laughs> we do. Yes, we do. We're banterer. We are. Very we don't even have a degree in it, but we are. <laughs> so, but, well, I wanted to ask, actually, you, Phoenix, about the fact that you were talking about the um, the labyrinth, and that totally makes, 
you know, like my little ear hairs go up and go yay yay because that's been a very pet project of mine. And um, I wanted to see what how, when you do the labyrinth in terms of how they chose it, did you do each turn as a challenge? No, um, it was more meta than that, right? It was kind of a higher view of the mm-hmm. myth. Um, so the way we ended up working this story throughout the week mm-hmm. was we sort of set the stage at Crete mm-hmm. specifically where this story takes place. Mm-hmm. And, and a few of the folks who were helping to facilitate this process had been to Crete this last year. Oh, so nice. they had a very visceral, real-life mm-hmm. experience mm-hmm. to help us create it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we did some preparation work, right, because in the myth of the Minotaur, and Ariadne and Theseus tributes are sent into the into the maze. Right, maze and the labyrinth are not the same thing. Correct. However, they are often used interchangeably. Uh-huh. What we've come to discover is that the island of Crete, and specifically Knossos, I want to make sure I'm saying that right. We had someone who spoke Greek at the camp who awesome. corrected us. Great. Knossos. I, I, I'm I'm terrible with pronouncing things. Right. <laughs> I apologize. Uh, but. It, the reality is that the temple, the the palace, mm-hmm. was so complex and mm-hmm. weird and twisty-turny that that's probably what the labyrinth was. Right. That's probably what the maze was. Yes. Um, so we sort of worked it more. There was a path that worked specifically with labyrinths, one of the daily workshops. I don't mm-hmm. know a lot about what they did because mm-hmm. I wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one of the nights where we finally, we, we've said, are we the tributes? Are we Theseus, the hero? Are we Ariadne, the the one who is trying to change the story and Mm -hmm. save the youth by, Mm -hmm. you know, showing them a way out, blah, blah, blah. And then one night we sent people into the labyrinth, and what we had done, which I have to admit, was fucking magical, Mm -hmm. is while it was the... Uh, why the light was changing because ritual usually starts about 8 o'clock at night and between 8 and 9 is when it gets dark. Mm -hmm. So as people were coming to ritual and being prepared and we were setting sacred space and calling in the gods and all of the things that Mm -hmm. we do, Mm -hmm. folks who were creating the labyrinth were out on the landscape and this camp happens in the redwoods outside and they were setting up those little electronic tea lights. Oh, nice. All over the place mm-hmm. as trails, mm-hmm. and then many of us volunteered to make rooms. I'm making mm-hmm. air quotes here, mm-hmm. where you could go and do different things within the labyrinth. So there was like a shadow room and a and a tent that had been set up as a snake pit where you mm-hmm. could go in and curl around with snakes. And mm-hmm. there was a mirror room where you could go, and there were mirrors everywhere, and and look, are you the monster? Mm-hmm. You know these kind of things. Mm-hmm. And then they made it to the main ritual area where we had priestesses holding the minotaur in aspect and. Mm-hmm. In reclaiming, we use the word aspect as you might hear, like in voodoo, where the gods ride people. Right. So priestesses were sharing their body with the minotaur. So all the participants had an opportunity to have an interaction with the minotaur. Mm-hmm. And that was really the main labyrinth ritual we had. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't necessarily that there was a challenge at every turn, but then again there was. Right. Right, because we set it up more like a maze. Right. You had all of these Stopping Stop blocks block. along the way. Right, right. And I have to, I was not, I didn't get to travel the labyrinth because I was helping to anchor part of the priestessing of this ritual. Right. But when the ritual was done and I stepped out of the ritual space and went to walk back to the dining hall for dessert, mm-hmm. uh, 
the tea lights were still lit all over the land, and I know that land well. I've been going to this camp for nine years, mm-hmm. and I went to that camp when I was a child. Mm-hmm. I know that campground well. Mm-hmm. And the way the lights were lit, it was like I stepped into another world. Right. It was like I'm getting goosebumps talking about it. It was freaking magical because things were lit up in areas that you couldn't actually get to because you had to cross a bridge or right. go a trail or whatever. Right. But the light made it look like it was all, all one. It was so oh, freaking wow. cool. Wow. So that was a very long answer to your question. But it was what I wanted, I which was to feel as if I had been able to get the visual and be there without necessarily doing the work, but sure. see it. Yeah. See it. So Yeah, it was it was great. I had a really good experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I will actually one of the questions we got that we're gonna talk about today, I will share some more of my experience at this camp. Because it good. relates to this question. This question. So um, we have a choice. We can battle a little bit more and banter, or we can break and then come back quickly and do the the, the various questions. What do you? Well, you want to start with the first question and then break because the first question I think is easy. Oh, okay. Let's do the first question. What do you think? Is that okay? I think that's great. That's great. So our first question is from. You want to say her name? You want to try it? Ty. Ty. Maybe. If we're pronouncing it wrong, we apologize. We apologize. Go for it. You can read it. So, Ty says, good day, Miss Elvira and Miss Phoenix. I became familiar with you two lovely ladies, thank you, from the Lucky Mojo Curio Company. While I have listened to most of the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork radio show, parentheses, which comes on on Sundays, close parentheses, I feel very drawn to you two. I'm interested in your show, The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron, but I'm having a difficult time finding all of the episodes to listen to. Will you please direct me to where I can find the episodes from the first show to the most current? And you can answer that since you're my tech person on this yeah. great show. Well, all of our shows are can be found on Blog Talk Radio. Right. You can also go to iTunes or any podcast uh-huh. subscription service uh-huh. and find us under the Witch Priestess Cauldron uh, radio show. Uh-huh. The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron. Uh, you can also go to our Facebook page. The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron, mm-hmm. and we have links to all of our radio shows. And you can also go to our website, which is witchpriestesscauldron.com, and there are links to our most recent shows, but from those links, they take you to Blog Talk Radio, and then you can find all of them. Right. Uh, and as a bonus, you can also find all of the shows that are hosted by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company, which are some awesome freaking shows. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And get yeah. all of their episodes. Yes. So it is pretty much a tech point of reference, but I think, you know, Internet savvy, even if I am not that much Internet savvy, that, you know, yeah, we can all find them. Yeah, and I bet, I don't know this for sure, but I bet if you put in the Google, The Witch, The Priestess, and The Cauldron, it would probably take you to Blog Talk Radio. Right. And then you could find all the shows right there. Right. So that is a good answer. Yeah. And a simple, easy one. I think that one was easy, so we could... Bang that one out. Right? All right, we got that one done. <laughs> that was easy. Oh, wow, I'm just, you know, back on track here with doing our shows. <laughs> so. All right. We're okay. The break? Yes, let's do the break. All right, we'll be back, people. You're listening to The Witch, The Priestess, and The Cauldron radio podcast on the LMC Radio Network. Stay tuned. 
as more magic is coming your way right after these messages. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include the Lucky Mojo Hooter Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Contraman Ollie, Sundays 3 to 4.30, Candela's Corner with Candela Canvisa, Michael Carell, and Lady A, Mondays 5 to 7, the Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays 5 to 6, In the Streets with Beverly Smith, Tuesdays 6 to 7, On Sacred Ground with Kai Armand and Paige the Firyu, Wednesdays 3 to 4.30, Fit and Foxy with Madame Nadia and Jaya Dania, Wednesdays 6 to 7, The Now You Know Show with Professor Charles Porterfield, Thursdays 6 to 7.30, The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Le Fay, Fridays 6 to 7, and Liquid Libations with Andrea Weston, Saturdays 5 to 7. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. I always love the genie. Yeah, makes me feel so cute and cuddly. Okay, so. Okay. Here we go. Moving right along. Ready for the next question? We're ready for the next question. Want me to read it? Sure. So this question comes from Heather. Is there a spell to cast that can change who my biological father is without changing the time continuum and not changing time? And I'm just, there's more written, but it doesn't really necessarily need to be read out loud. Right. That's the crux of the question. Right. Well, um, here's where we go. I think that talking about spells and changing time. Yeah. There's sacred time. Yep. Okay. And then there's the real world time. I would say, as far as I know, <coughs> there isn't a spell. Nope to change your biological father and not change continuum or any of those things. Right. And yet, now this was something that was discussed, that I discussed with someone, (coughs) is the fact that you could work with a shamanic ally Mm -hmm. to create a father figure. That is not your biological father. That is not your biological father, but takes over that. But as far as a biological father... If it's something that is a problem, divorcing yourself from your biological yeah. father and releasing that energy yeah. Yeah. is the only way energetically, spiritually, mm-hmm. but there is no spell to change and create something right. new. And what I would say, I'm sorry, I have a cough drop in my mouth. Um, the assumption here, and I think Elvira and I are both reading this, is if you want to change who your biological father is, the assumption is that there is a problem. Uh-huh. With who your biological father is, that there is uh-huh. some negative uh, connotation to that relationship, right? Right. So there's more here about you. Uh-huh. Um, more, There's work here for you. There's stuff here for you to face. Uh-huh. And no matter what the issue might be, and I and this can range from someone who's just a jerk and was never there for you to someone who's a terrible, abusive MFer, right? Uh-huh. It can be a wide range of things. Uh-huh. But the bottom line is... Our parents are our parents, and at some point we have to move forward with our lives and let go of those relationships and the the negative impact that our parents had on us. Because the reality is no matter how perfect your childhood is and how perfect your parents are, we screw up our kids somehow. Truly. None of us escape childhood. It's definitely, there's a spectrum, 
Some people have it way better than others. But the bottom line is we all have to heal from the wounds of our childhood. And if one of the wounds of your childhood is your biological father, then I think Elvira's suggestion of working with a practitioner who can help you um, shift who you look at as your parental figure or even finding a real-world man who is a father figure and who can help mm-hmm. give you those feelings of what a typical bio- father would bring, protection mm-hmm. and wisdom and advice mm-hmm. and all of those things, now is the time for you to set the stage and mm-hmm. to clean and clear and heal any wounds that may have been caused by the right. system. Right. Yeah. And that brings us to the point of, well, sidebar is I want to thank a dear friend of mine who when we were discussing um, some issues brought something about shamanic workup. Mm-hmm. So that is that is yeah. to give due where it should be. But also the reality is our journey here comes with good and bad. Yeah. And as we started and we move forward with it, the work that we do is changing the energy and forward movement. It does change. I don't say the time continuum, but the energy continuum. Yeah. And if you raise vibrational energy, yep. you drop off the mud or the crud, and you have to be willing to let go of yeah, the mud exactly. and the crud. And that's really the hard part. And that's the hard part. And then you you move forward or upward or whatever you want to use as a, a direction. Yeah. And then that is where you change, quote, if you're going to use the word continuum, you change the continuum. You change the the the, the storyline, yeah. yeah. but it starts with what you come with. And it was interesting because even though this was a question specifically here, I've had a couple of people in the last week, client base wise, where we're talking about um, change mm-hmm. and what it's like about birth and <laughs> change of that. And I said, well, think of you know this child that doesn't know anything but what we is a nice warm womb or room um and then suddenly is pushed out and down and hurt and moves through mm-hmm. things that are un- uncomfortable and scary and they don't know and then come out and is something that is even more so scary mm-hmm. and when you change your world that's part of what it is so that fear that change and the same thing is when you grow up yep and whatever is around you, yeah. and I, I guess in a way it's our responsibility as we get older yeah. to start looking at how we yes. let go of our crud and baggage. Absolutely. How do we move forward and become better human beings, mm-hmm. even with all of the things even that have with been all the things. done to us or happened to us or we've experienced? Right. <clears throat> and spell work can help yes. in, in different ways, yes. but not the way that stories and shows and right. movies. not like Charmed. It's not like that. No. It doesn't change it. And I know that, you know, one of my favorite shows is called Timeless. Mm-hmm. And interesting enough is that presents us with, if you were to go back mm-hmm. and change it, right. you still change the right. energies and the, the experiences. So you can never... If, this were really true, you could never walk back into time in any area, change your parent or anything else without changing everything right. forward. Right. Yeah. And that show actually has some interesting points of reference to maybe take a look at, not because of the stories they're talking about, but because of what happens when the people come back. Right. 
Yeah, and, I, and I'm curious, you know, we don't know how old this person is or what the life experiences are, but this is often something that comes up around Saturn return, so mm-hmm. 27-ish, 28-ish. Mm-hmm. People, this is usually when people have to face their parent shit yeah. and look at the, the damage and baggage they're carrying that was handed to them from their parents, and that's when you have to decide. That's the first opportunity, really, that you have to decide, am I going to continue to carry this? Or am I going to set it down? Uh-huh. Set it down. Uh-huh. Set it down. And I know it sounds easier than it actually is, but it can't. You, it can't be done. Of course. Yeah. And and that's that's the hard work. That is the hard work. And whether you do it through magical practices, shamanic practices, therapy, you know, there's a spectrum of all the ways you do it. And sometimes, as I have found in my own personal life, I use all of them. Yes. Because Absolutely. every one of these is a facet of a diamond that is you. Yep making yourself more brilliant. So, yeah, you know, the long answer, the short answer, uh, it, yeah. I think it's it's more of a, there's things that are going on that need to be worked on, not with just a spell yeah. to change somebody and get rid of them and put somebody else in or not at all. Yeah, and best of luck. Yeah. Whatever that situation is, I hope you find your way. Truly, mm. truly. Yeah, well. So there we go. There's one. That's one. Well, two. Two down. Woo. But yay, we're 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 just hella going to going to town here, <laughs> or not. So our next one is from Shira. Hello, ladies. I'm writing to request an episode on Bacchus Dionysus. I connected to his energy through a series of events. Would it be appropriate to dress a kennel with honey and burn it for him? I'd love to know your thoughts about how to honor him. I've enjoyed listening to your show. Thank you for your work. In gratitude, Shira. And I'm going to turn this over to my lady here, Phoenix. Mm-hmm. I love this question so much, <laughs> so much. Um, so the first thing I will say is Elvira and I have talked about doing a show for Dionysus, so that is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will say some things now. So you just happened to pick one of the gods that I am it's my beloved, right? So the way I describe this, the way I look at my personal pantheon, uh, I do not work with a specific traditional pantheon. It's not like all oh, my gods are Greeks or Norse mm-hmm. or whatever. I'm a I'm eclectic. She's eclectic, and she's waving her arm in a big circle too, dear. Global. Yes. I love them. So, <laughs> so I have a handful of deities that I work with on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. They're my my A team mm-hmm. go tos. I talk to them every day. Then there's the B team, the goddesses or gods that I go to for work reasons or for help or to pull in to help with my clients. Mm-hmm. And then there's like the C team, which are the stories that I know and the gods I'm familiar with but don't necessarily have a working relationship with. Right. Dionysus is the A team. Mm-hmm. He's one of my faves. Okay. And uh, yeah, and the fact that this question came up. He is delighted. He loves being talked about. (laughs) And I want to be clear, I do not know Bacchus, but I know Dionysus. And so we're talking about Dionysus is the Greek, Bacchus is the Roman. Right. Okay. So all of the Greek gods also have Roman names because Rome liked to borrow things all the time. (laughs) They never gave them back either. No. Hmm. No. So Dionysus is the last of the gods to become one of the Olympians. Uh, he was not one of the original of Zeus, right, and his ilk. Dionysus was brought in later. He was the last to be officially considered 
one of the big guys. Right. Uh, and he has a very challenging and difficult past. Hera is his stepmother. Mm-hmm. And she's a very difficult stepmother to have. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, instead of punishing Zeus for being a jerk and sleeping around, she punishes the other women and the offspring of those <laughs> women. I know. Well, those crazy Greeks. Um, but, but Dionysus, Dionysus is like Jesus. Mm-hmm. He lived out in the woods and taught people about love and had a good time and was brilliant and wise and talked about peace. And he liked to drink a lot and party and probably do psychedelics, I'm just going to guess. And <laughs> he hung out with these these women, these creatures called the Maenads. Uh-huh. And the Maenads would go into such a wild frenzy that they would rip men apart. And the way I hold that is that they were the destroyers of patriarchy. Uh-huh. Touche, right? So the Maenads are badass. And uh, so I love Dionysus, and I think we're going to, as I said, we're going to do a show on him because we've done lots of shows on goddesses, uh-huh. but we haven't done one on a god yet. Um, it's kind of an interesting question yeah, that we've is. been dealing and dallying with, Yeah, but we're coming up on our year of being here, so I think it would be fair. Yeah. And what I would say... Um, here, the question is, would it be appropriate to dress a candle with honey? How do I honor him? So uh, anytime you want to start a relationship with a deity, it's a good idea to create space for them. Mm-hmm. So an altar space is the perfect way to start. And this can be the corner of a desk, a little shelf, a bit of your kitchen counter. It doesn't have to be huge and elaborate. Mm-hmm. Whatever your space allows for. Mm-hmm. And... If you find an image of him online, print out that image. If you find a statue of him that you love, you know, put something that reminds you of him Uh on that altar space. And then you can decorate it any way you want, really. Uh Uh, What appeals to you and what appeals to that deity. There you go. So some things that are connected with Dionysus is like animal furs, wine, Uh the harvest, specifically grapes. Uh-huh. So creating a space that would be aesthetically pleasing to him, uh-huh. and then I would give him offerings of wine. Uh-huh. So pouring him a glass of wine every day, uh-huh. um, you know, lighting a candle for him every day, singing songs to him every day. This is a god that likes revelry. This is a god that likes to party. Uh-huh. Um, but there's always a purpose. Like so, I think, I think sometimes there is this. Oh, he's a drunkard. There, he just wants to run wild uh-huh. is attributed to him, but there is a much more Jesus-like energy. Right, right. This is right. wisdom, and uh, there is a reason. There is a a mind-altering expansion. Uh-huh. There is a reason behind the partying. Uh-huh. Right. Uh-huh. So um, enjoy him because uh-huh. he's fun. Uh-huh. And I had Dionysus shows up in the story of the Minotaur. Ah. And earlier, I might have a little tale about this. Um, At the very end of the story, Ariadne, who helps Theseus escape, Mm -hmm. Theseus abandons her on an island. Mm -hmm. And Dionysus shows up and falls in love with her and sweeps her off her feet. And they go off together and she becomes a goddess. Aha. Right. So Dionysus comes and saves the day. Mm -hmm. And what's. Um, but what's interesting about the tale is Ariadne is probably a much older goddess. The Greeks came and made her just a girl. She was just the princess. Mm-hmm. But what's probably true is she was one of the ancient goddesses of Crete. Mm-hmm. So Dionysus doesn't actually make her a goddess. 
he just acknowledges her goddesshood, mm-hmm. right? Right. So I was blessed with the opportunity to uh, share my body with Dionysus on the last night of camp. I, I aspected him. Mm-hmm. And I have um, aspecting as a priestess is an interesting experience because you don't, you don't go away, but you kind of do. So it's kind of like when you look for me, when I look back on it, it's like I'm remembering bits of a dream. Mm-hmm. And it's fuzzy, and there's bits that stick out, and there's things that I can recall, but mostly it's fuzzy. Mm-hmm. But it is um, a divine pleasure mm-hmm. to have Dionysus um, to work with him that way. Mm-hmm. And he uh, is wild, and he feels like humans are not wild enough, <laughs> you know, and wild in all the ble- beautiful ways of being mm-hmm. connected to nature and running mm-hmm. through the woods and remembering that we are creatures of the planet right right um yeah i mean i could go on and on and on and i won't but because we'll have a whole show about it and then i can go on and on and on of this course. is actually my second time i've taught at two different camps where dionysus showed up and this mm-hmm. was my second time mm-hmm. working with him at, on this level mm-hmm. and my first experience was in australia actually that's right and that's why we are now beloved. Uh, mm-hmm. Before that camp, I was not really interested. I only have one male deity that I work with, and I don't really want male deities in my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and Dionysus showed up and was like, yeah, well, guess what? Uh, we're here now, and we're going to do this together. And I will also say um, he's very queer. Mm-hmm. He's, um, he's not necessarily male. Mm-hmm. There's some gender fluidity here. Mm-hmm. There's some... Um, queerness as far as um, sexuality Uh is very fluid Uh and that is fun Um, and that is interesting because it pushes edges for people who may not realize that they hold edges in certain ways right you know right Um, so I think that he's a wonderful god Mm-hmm. to explore and get to know and connect to. And with any god, I highly recommend reading stories, reading the myths, reading the tales, mm-hmm. reading academic works, and get to know that that entity from different vantage points. Right. Because it's interesting. Of course it is. And very, um, once you get the educational part of it, yeah, then it's the feeling part. Yeah, and you're talking from the feeling part, but also with the educational. Right. And this is this question coming through is really funny. I was mentioning to Gwion last night uh, that I'm thinking about doing a special ritual for Dionysus, and I'm gonna I don't know what his feast day is, so I was gonna do some research about mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this question is here today, right? Like, what? Tell me about Dionysus. And so right. I'm definitely feeling like Being there's called. more public work that he wants yeah. from me. Yeah. Yeah. Being called well, yeah. you know, it's it's edging its way in in all varying uh, aspects, and yeah. you know, the other part of it is is that who knows, you may even I don't want to say this too loudly because I know you know your goddess of the month aspect, <laughs> you might wind up modifying it a bit. Yeah, well, you know, yeah, change and growth. Yeah. So, yeah. but anyway, that being the case, I think that was an excellently in depth. Version of an answer. Oh, I know that, but that was the point. This hit a hit a real chord. And when I looked at it, and you started telling me a little bit before we started the show, I'm laughing, going, "Oh yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, selectable God." Let me just say, yeah. Um, And a word of caution: he's also very sexual, Mm -hmm. so be careful in working with him because he's 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 not good with boundaries. Mm 
There you go. Mm. And moving along. <laughs> yes, that one was a good one. It it has a boundary now. We're moving along. And we're going to um, the next question. Yes. Which is, as I have lost it. Mm-hmm. You want me to do it? Yes, go for it. This comes from Kelly. And Kelly asks, what is the best starting point or how does one make a start? And that question is huge. It is gigantic. So, first thing is, I guess, um, how do you get started? Well, usually I would say first, I'm very tactile. Mm. Okay, so my first thing is, is whether or not I have a god or a goddess that I'm with, I would probably start assembling some special place for me to do whatever it is I'm going to do. Whether it's, you know, as you say, kitchen counter or just a section of making an area that is your area to go to, even if it's a special chair that you start work with. Now, you're jumping off point. Where do you start? I love that. And I would say um, you might also start looking at some books, Uh right? Like um, The Spiral Dance by Starhawk is an excellent introduction. Uh Um, These are controversial, but I think they're great. Anything by Silver Ravenwolf is Uh very introductory. Uh Mm-hmm. It gives you some um, ways in that don't feel scary. Right. Right. Also, what's the other book I really like? The Grimoire of the Green Witch. That's true. So good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mm-hmm. not, there's appendixes in the back with all kinds of charts and great information. So finding, starting to read, read everything that you can. And because of the Internet, you know, I I started practicing before the Internet. So there wasn't. Any online community. That's true. And there is now. Yeah. So, you know, go online. Go to witchbox.com where, where people post um, public rituals, public workshops. Uh-huh. Um, covens who are sometimes looking for new members will post on Witchbox. Facebook has all kinds of pagan groups. Uh, so start to plug in. Uh-huh. You know, the uh-huh. Internet makes it really accessible to find people online. But also, just like you would, like on a blind date, be cautious. Don't just take people out their word. Do your research. Don't don't do anything that does not feel in alignment with your right. spiritual authority. Which right. is you you are your spiritual authority. Um, you know, be be careful who mm-hmm. you're who you think you're talking to may not be who you're talking to. Right. Which in in light of the internet, we have a little bit more distance than when we go to workshops or lectures or gatherings. Um, One of the things that, I mean, obviously certain publishing houses Mm -hmm. tend to have, you know, some very, Llewellyn, Llewellyn has always got the really basic basics. And we were talking about books when we were doing um, the particular objects, the, the sacred objects that we were, the tools. Uh, so there's how-tos, and it's the one that talks to you. So I started with the goddess movement. I started with things that were um, based out of the Mediterranean. And then I threw in, a, you know, then I kind of went to the Scottish aspects. And, and maybe your heritage has a a way to anchor in some of the things that are important. Yeah. So um, that's another part of exploring. Uh, it's very, uh, I want to say do it slowly. Yeah. I mean, one of us, I know 
we get excited and we jump in and then we go through stuff and then suddenly we start having experiences. And because we're not grounded, and when I say grounded, we're not based with foundational information and some foundational work, simple yes. things like how to ground, yeah. you know, putting your groups into the earth and, you know, that kind of a thing. Um, we'll have terrifying experiences and then people get freaked out and, and don't want to do anything or they get um, opened up too quickly and things come in that they're not ready to be able to put a boundary up for. Right. So very important on that. Yeah. And I think what goes hand in hand with that is starting a daily practice. Yes. So meditation is a lovely way in. There's Uh lots of different ways to meditate. And actually we did a whole radio show on daily practice. Uh So there's some tips and tricks there. Right. Uh, But by doing something every day that's connected to spirituality, whether that's chanting or meditation or singing or clearing your altar or whatever, Uh doing something every day is going to help you create a practice that deepens uh, and that you can play with and right. from and right yeah and feel connected to and you know it it really becomes you connecting with something that holds a vibration in your body and one of the the things that it was always taught to me is where do you feel it in your body mm-hmm. you know what part of your body it doesn't mean that if you felt it in your butt it's wrong it just means that you know that would be your base chakra um something grounded something rooted but the point here is is that where do you feel it and if you don't feel it that's probably not something for you yeah and there are uh public events that happen everywhere mm-hmm. you, and and that that is an exaggeration i understand that um but no doubt within a few hours mm-hmm. of where you're located mm-hmm. you can find some sort of public event Pagan Pride Day, Pantheacon. Mm-hmm. These are there are uh, workshops, trainings, and there's a lot of things happening online. Workshops happening online and trainings online. Right. So if you can't get to a place, because I do highly recommend trying to be able to have some of these experiences with other people in person. Mm-hmm. I've done online workshops. I've facilitated online workshops, and they're great. But there is something you get from face-to-face work. Right. That an online workshop can't really bring you in the right. full fullness. Right. And we are we are a tribal communal mm-hmm. creature, yeah. and a lot of the feelings are about um, the um, oh, I was just given something. <laughs> De- December twenty fifth, birthday of Dionysus. Uh-huh. Then twelve days of celebration to January fifth. Yeah. That was another Jesus connection. Another Jesus connection. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, we we have sometimes um, a studio, studio audience that we have, so they were pleasant enough to give us that. Mm-hmm. But back to dealing with people, I think a lot of times getting involved with your daily practice or getting involved with practices with people and connecting is important yeah. because you get a feeling of family. And you right. can do it online, but I think to begin Finding people in person is is another um, another level that you need. Again, grounded level. Yeah. Money. And it, it, paganism, witchcraft, in my opinion, is experiential. Mm-hmm. We don't just read about things and talk about things. We do things, right? So do things. Mm-hmm. You know, if you read about a ritual. Do that ritual. See how it felt to do it. Right. If you read about a spell, do the spell. See how it felt to do it. If mm-hmm. you read about a, a daily practice, do that daily practice. Right. 
uh, go to a public ritual and participate right. in the ritual, right? That's the most profound rituals are, are the ones that you go to and you participate in it. You're right. not watching it. Right. It's not like when you go to church and you watch the priest do all the things and you listen to him give his sermon. Mm-hmm. Pagan rituals aren't like that. They're you, very participatory. You are, yes, yeah. they're very participatory. They're singing and dancing and acting silly and and looking at your wounds, and mm-hmm. they can be quite profound. Mm-hmm. So I highly recommend getting to a place where you can have this experience with other people. Right. It was interesting, speaking of getting an experience, when I went to Arkansas, um, it is not as, I'm, I'm sure there's people there. It's yeah. just, you, you know, you're not going to have them standing out on the corner, and you're certainly not going to have people <laughs> chattering about it in open view a lot of the places Yeah. because of the environment. But I went to, of all places, a UPS store to send a box back to myself of things that I didn't want to have to carry on the airplane. And the woman took a look at how I was dressed, and I certainly didn't, you know, try to change how I dress anywhere that I do in California. Right. And she goes, oh, oh, we have a drumming circle. <laughs> drumming. We'd love to have you. And, of course, I was all excited because I thought it was going to be local. It happened to be the woman owns the store, and she lives in Eureka Springs, which is this really neat place, which would have places and things like that. Yeah. And it's about 45 minutes through mountainous territory to go to it. And I was just like, oh, that's great, and put it away for me to experience another time. Yeah. But, again, you find connections yeah. in different ways. There are pockets of hippies, of witches, of weirdos everywhere. Yes. There are pockets of us everywhere. Yes. In certain parts of the world, it's more out in the open. In certain parts of the world, it's more quiet and hidden. But they, we're everywhere. We are. So you may feel, you know, Kelly, we don't know your situation. We don't know where you live. You, you may feel very isolated, but trust us. We are everywhere. That's a good sign. Yeah. We are everywhere. Yeah. So, well, I mean, the best starting point is mm-hmm. to start. It's to start. Pick up a book. Yeah. Pick up a, a Kindle online. Yeah. Um, start finding articles. Put in something in your search engine, mm-hmm. you know, and definitely start the physical process. Yeah. And there's a lot of traditions, and that's... Mm-hmm. We've started a series on mm-hmm. talking about different traditions of witchcraft, so we're going to continue to talk about more traditions. But there are lots of traditions, so if you start practicing, if this is a religious call for you, because you might want to be a hedge witch or a kitchen witch and mm-hmm. just do potions and spells. That's right. fine. This doesn't have to be your religion. Right. It happens to be for me and Elvira, mm-hmm. right? Um, but there's lots of different ways, right? Mm-hmm. Paganism, witchcraft is this umbrella. And there's little things under the uh-huh. umbrella, Gardnerian and Fairy and Reclaiming and Eclectic and Alexandrian. There's so many. Right. So if you try, if you go to a public ritual and it's not for you, it might just be that tradition's not for you. Uh-huh. Try another tradition. Uh-huh. There's uh-huh. lots of them out there. And we, we go. I mean, all of us have started and tasted and checked out and worked on and then said no, but I did like something there. And eventually one of the things, unless you go very traditional, both of us have talked about this before, is that we tend to be more eclectic. Right. We hold many things and we see many viewpoints and we are aware of the many paths that take us to spirit. Yeah. And that's one thing, but some people want to try just one, and they do that because it makes them feel comfortable. Yeah, great, go for it. Yeah, but we've all gone and checked out things and yeah. continue to do it Absolutely. too. Absolutely, it's a growth process. Yes, yeah. yes. 
So, yeah, it's exploration. Good luck, Kelly. Good luck. Have Kelly. fun. Yes. And feel free to message us again and if you have more specific questions or if you mm-hmm. end up doing something and you want to know, you want some feedback, we'll we're feedback. Happy. <laughs> we're happy to do that stuff. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. And obviously we will be uh, scheduling our next month and a half or so of, of uh, topics. We yeah. haven't quite worked out a few of our bugs, but as yeah. of, I believe, I think it's next week's, we are on the air for a year. Is that so? I think so, or yeah. maybe a little later than that, but August is when we started. August, yeah. Yep, pretty exciting. So we may, you know, do a little blowing of whistles and, you know, yeah. blow our candle out for our, our one oh, year. Cake. Yay! Yay! But yeah, um, we have no idea what next week's show is yet. No, it'll be a surprise for all no. of us. <laughs> <laughs> but it will definitely have something to do with pagan and witchcraft and Nosotis. Yes, you can count on that. Yes, we definitely mm-hmm. have it. So, do you have anything more you would like to share before we, you know, move towards the closing? No, I think I think we've done it. We did it. Another one in the bag. Hey, I love it. Yeah. I love it. So thank you for joining us and yes. letting us be part of your life for this hour. Yeah, and thanks for writing in, and please write in some more. Yes, we love the conversation and the and the fact that you have information that you want to ask about. We certainly, it stretches our boundaries. Yeah, it's, it's good fun. for us. Thanks. Thanks. Take care. Thank you for listening to The Witch, The Priestess, and The Cauldron, a radio podcast on the LMC Radio Network. Our podcast airs live every Friday at 6 p.m. Pacific and will be available for download. Questions or comments on this show or ideas for upcoming shows can be sent to our website, and that's at www.witchpriestesscauldron.com. Again, that's witchpriestesscauldron.com. On behalf of Elvira, Phoenix, Alan, and myself, Gwion Raven, a big merry meet and merry part and merry meet again. Blessed be.